Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is April 21st, 2019. This is the 64th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, Inside Xbox confirms recent Microsoft reports, and a Switch Pro model may be pushed back in our headline roundup. Our main topic is the first reveal of details for the next-gen PlayStation console. And then we will get to your calls if you are tuning in live on Discord. Want to wish you all a happy Easter here on Easter Sunday. Maybe we could have moved it up to Saturday. I don't know. I don't expect too many people to be here calling into a video game talk radio show on Easter Sunday. Still making myself available for you, though, on Sundays. So there is that over on rhymeswithasia.com slash call our Discord channel. But I hope you've been having a great week in games. Uh, myself, I finally, finally started Resident Evil 2. Yes, the remake from this year. It's one I had to get around for this year. If we're talking about games, especially closer to the end of the year and game of the year discussion, all that. I'm a couple hours in, and for those that have played it, I was trying to be very thorough, try to really understand it. I mean, first time really having a, a good go at a Resident Evil game. I think I maybe played four for like an hour one time and didn't really get on too well with it. But for this one, I really liked kind of the whole, it had a Metroidvania kind of back and forth, like get this item, use it to unlock this door, kind of feel like I, I, I dug it. I, I liked it a lot. But then it's in the back of my head. I'm thinking, oh, Mr. X is going to be around the corner. So I got the three medallions. I unlocked the goddess statue going down to probably what will be what, the sewers, I'm guessing. Kind of stopped there, hit the, the typewriter there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to go back because of Mr. X. I will probably do very badly when it comes to that. But still, having a great time with that. Despite it being a holiday weekend, we have a big week ahead of us in pop culture. Of course... On Friday this week, Avengers Endgame is finally out in theaters, ending that 10-plus year Marvel Cinematic Universe run with the Infinity Saga. That's going to be super exciting. On the video games front, though, Persona fans had a very big week in Super Smash Bros., but it continues with the 24th and 25th this week in Japan with their Persona concert. Uh, I mean, we're going to probably see more information on Persona 5, the Royal, like what's new in that version, and what is P5S? Is it indeed a Switch port of the vanilla P5 that can come out sooner than the Royal will? We'll have to wait and see about that. Nintendo also has their investors meeting on the 25th. Gosh, if anything comes from that, I would expect, if anything, maybe more mobile talk. And Mario Kart Tour has been awfully quiet. So I think maybe if anything that comes from that, you know, there's going to be, you know, Switch updated numbers and software updated sales numbers, but... Maybe we'll see something about Mario Kart Tour. But, I don't know, don't hold your breath on that one. That's just me speculating. As far as the rest of the headlines from the past week, let's get into it and talk about the game industry in our headline roundup. We start with Microsoft's Inside Xbox show. I still don't dig the format of this, to be honest. It feels very long-winded and drawn out for about the hour that it takes to talk about all the latest Xbox headlines, but this one, their last big one before E3, kind of hit on the different main reports that have been talked about for Microsoft in the last several weeks, and you've been paying attention to the show. You'll know that 
Xbox One S All Digital Edition, it sure did get confirmed for a May 7th release, $249.99. Yeah, we were talking about that $250 price point because it was €229 at the supposed leaked box art in Germany, but whoa, they're really going $250 in the United States, which is interesting especially when like some of the components for like the eject button and for the the drive the components on the motherboard are still there i guess it makes sense for saving costs but they just strip them out i think that one loses its big value of also being a 4k blu-ray player if you really think about it like outside of gaming one reason i love my xbox one s and my xbox one x uh when i upgraded is that blu-ray player that 4k blu-ray player i mean to take that out and just say Oh, it's it's just for digital games, and we're not going to include a Game Pass subscription at all. It's a little puzzling. They do include some games, though. They include Forza Horizon 3, Minecraft, and Sea of Thieves, which would all be games that you get if you had a Game Pass subscription. So I think some people are kind of questioning this move a little bit now that we see the price point, now that we see what really comes with it. Uh, there's some hesitance there, but... We'll see at E3 when Microsoft talks about their bigger plans with Project xCloud, with uh, Lockhart and Anaconda, the, these two kind of levels of boxes. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But Microsoft also did confirm Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And yes, that's the Game Pass subscription that also includes Xbox Live Gold, bundling it all together for $15 a month. They say that will be coming later this year, though. And when we did the math in a past episode, like it all kind of checks out to an equal cost if we're thinking, you know, on a month-by-month -month basis, so that makes sense. But yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how successful that will be. It's a move that I think, when you start talking about services, you gotta start bundling them all together at some point. And again, we'll see when they add xCloud. Do they add another tier that's, you know, maybe 20 bucks a month that will include that? We'll, we'll have to see, certainly. But the big news for Microsoft uh, is that their E3 show got confirmed. Sunday, June 9th, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. That sounds about what it was last year. And if it was anything like last year, like with no Sony this year giving a presentation, if there's any big third-party games that are coming to PS4, Xbox One, all that, it's going to be at that show. That's going to be really one to watch, uh, not only for their next-gen plans, but big software is going to be lured probably to that one if they want to be on the E3 stage. Very exciting. Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. When we're talking about future plans from Nintendo, though, We've had the episode where we talk about maybe two Switches are in the future, like a Lite and a Pro, just kind of speculating there. And according to a new report from Nikkei, while a Switch Lite is still expected at some point, maybe later this year, and again, it's to get more people using it like a handheld one per person instead of one per household, a Switch Pro may be pushed back to be a next-gen-like experience, which is certainly an interesting thought according to this report. Uh, the quote that's being translated is, Nintendo is believed to be experimenting on a number of different things for the device, including usability, improved image rendering, and changes to the operating system, among other things. And this only makes sense, right? Nintendo's got to be thinking ahead to the future, especially when, you know, Microsoft and Sony are about to come out within the next year, year and a half or so with their next generation of stuff. I mean, it only makes sense to go forward. And that's probably what'll make sense for this generation. Switch is such a rampant success. Tone it down a little bit, make it cheaper to kind of proliferate that install base, and then hit them with the next version that ups the stakes on a tech front. And that's, it could be very interesting. 
Other headlines from Nintendo this week included uh, reports of Nintendo Switch starting to be sold in China, or at least approved to be sold in China. This is through Tencent, which, man, if you don't know the name Tencent yet, better start learning about Tencent because I would say the biggest comparison is almost like they're like China's Google in a way, where they're taking over everything, at least on a gaming front over there, but a big, big mega company over there. So start keeping your eye out for the name Tencent. That's super huge over there. This news caused a big spike in Nintendo stock. Not surprising if you're opening up a big new market for Switch to be sold in. That kind of makes sense. So that was one. And then the other was that their long-rumored quality of life project is apparently no more. And then it was apparently a, some kind of sleep tracker. They decided it wasn't very Nintendo-like, so they scrapped it. And I think that kind of makes sense, that it's kind of gone away and is no more. Speaking of Nintendo, though, Reggie fils had his last day at Nintendo. And what did he do? He got a Twitter account. He got at Reggie. And, you know, maybe he paid for it, sure. But it's still a power move to have at Reggie on Twitter. So... Good for him. He had some follows. He had a lot of news outlets that he followed. And then Jimmy Fallon and his show and Jeff Keighley as some of the early follows. Maybe he's expanded it since then. But on an early front, it was interesting to see, you know, he's the last shots of my office and what I had decorating and, oh, such good memories. And, oh, I had a going away party and I got different gifts. I got a plastic ass to kick. Oh, okay, Reggie. But he also got a signed plaque of different members of Retro Studios and a kind of artistic picture of him with different retro characters. So you have Samus, you have a Metroid, you have Donkey Kong, you have Dixie Kong, and oh, what's, what's that Mario statue doing there? It's blocking what looks like a character with a robotic hand. Oh, very interesting. So it could be a tease or it could just be, you know, happenstance place there, but then you have Enrique Rivera, who is apparently a concept artist over at Retro, teasing on Twitter, giving a little winky face to this picture. Certainly interesting. One of his friends follows up and says, Enrique, is this? And he says, yep. So this is something that is secret in some sense, which is certainly interesting why Reggie put it out there. He could have just not included it. But he did so in such a way. I think this is more just something to store for the future. Just keep this in mind. Because you have a lot of people speculating about what could it be. I mean, is is this Rob64 somehow a new take on him from Star Fox? Is Grand Prix still a thing? Did it not get cancelled from Retro Studios? Or is this just a totally new IP concept? Uh, just keep it in mind when we hear what Retro Studios is ultimately doing next on Switch. We'll just keep this in the back of our heads that this was a thing. Jeff Keighley, being one of Reggie's first Twitter follows, uh, is doing something big for Gamescom. You know, not satisfied by the big, huge production of the Game Awards, it looks like Jeff and his Game Awards team are producing a Gamescom opening night show. This will apparently be on August 19th, at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, of course, you know, about six hours ahead or so in Germany, so that makes sense for an opening night, but 2 p.m. Eastern Time on August 19th. But it's interesting that they're kind of approaching this as like a big E3-like Game Awards-like sort of big event with announcements from big publishers and indie studios, world premieres including new footage and material, guest stars from the international game industry. I mean, this sounds like it's gonna be big, so, 
if E3 isn't enough to get the blood boiling, because, I mean, gosh, we're a couple weeks away from that being one month away. But if that doesn't do it for you, a couple months down the road, Gamescom goes to Europe, and we'll have another, apparently, big showcase produced by Keeley and Co. So that's certainly something to keep your eye out for. Assassin's Creed Unity is now free for a limited time. I think it's probably running to the middle of the week. Uh, after the catastrophe over at Notre Dame de Paris, uh... The, just the burning of, of that cathedral. I mean, that's it's just awful news. It's just one of those shocking headlines in video that, that you saw last week. Uh, but good on Ubisoft, too. You know, not only there's the word out there that Ubisoft could possibly help recreate Notre Dame because of how meticulously they recreated it in Assassin's Creed Unity. Say what you will about the game and, and the faces and all that. But, I mean, that's, that's really interesting to hear about and to kind of... Uh, give awareness of this whole thing. I mean, yeah, give it away for free on PC. Again, if you don't have it, you know, sure, build up your Uplay library, but it's just, it's a good thing for Ubisoft to do. Again, it's expected to run about until April 24th, and also Ubisoft giving about 500,000 euros to support the rebuilding process. I mean, so good on them. I mean, that was just one of the, just the disastrous news stories to read last week. And uh, for Ubisoft to come in and support in this way on a couple fronts, it's just... Good to see. Game and release date announcements from the past week. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Challenger Pack 1 is out now on Nintendo Switch. And boy, this came out of nowhere. We were expecting this one at the end of the month after the Persona Concert Series. And no, they kind of jumped the gun. And I was shocked to see on a Tuesday night. I'm out at Pub Trivia and I, my phone's blowing up. And <laughs> sure enough, it's at an event where I can't look at my phone too much. But I mean, my goodness, for that to come out... On Tuesday evening, it was supposed to be on the 17th, the Wednesday, and then the servers hammered at the end of the day, so you could really only get it on the morning of the 18th. I mean, Joker's just perfect. I mean, if, if you want my simple thoughts on that, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. I know I was one of many who were poo-pooing Mementos early on, but man, if they're using it as a way to be adaptable and change skins with P3 and P4 music, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the perfect way of doing that, if that was on the table. So I have no complaints. Joker looks awesome, but it's also update 3.0 with Stage Builder, with shared content, with Smash World. Big deal for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Got that sort of spotlight on them this past week. That's out now on Nintendo Switch. Forza Street is out now on PC, but will be coming to iOS and Android later. Uh, this used to be called Miami Street, and it's just a rebranding of kind of a, a simple street-based Forza game. Uh, on I, It's really intended to be mobile, but it's on PC for now, but yeah. Forza Street. Uh, that's that's certainly interesting. Saints Row the Third, the full package, comes out on Switch on May 10th. Castlevania Anniversary Collection, May 16th, on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So this has been teased for a while now, and they finally revealed all the games that will come to it. So it's Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania 4, Castlevania Bloodlines, Kid Dracula in the U.S. for the first time, Castlevania The Adventure, and Castlevania II Simon's Quest. That's a whole lot of games on May 16th there for the console's Castlevania Anniversary Collection. The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive Edition, comes to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch in September 2019. So this is bringing like the visual look and style of Season 4, which had this kind of thicker line, sort of more graphic novel style to it. Uh, bringing that across all previous episodes, kind of upgrading the PC releases 
which helps. Uh, there may be a hint that it may be on Epic Game Store first, so just keep in mind if you're like me and you have all those Walking Dead, those four seasons out on Steam, you may have to get it through Epic Game Store first. Uh, but they're also collector's editions, so like if you're really into that, that's that's your thing. The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive series. Capcom Home Arcade was teased and released this week. It's a plug-and-play arcade fight stick. Gaudily kind of designed in the Capcom logo, it's kind of a weird shape, but there are 16 games from you know ones you'd expect to ones that you probably wouldn't. Here's the kicker though, it comes out on October 25th at $249.99. At that kind of price, would you rather get an Xbox One S all digital, or is this more your speed? I mean, look, it's it's kind of a bold take on the plug and play, but you know, it, we'll see if it's successful. I mean, it's certainly on the pricier end for an arcade stick, much less, you know, I guess bundling all those games with it. 13 comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on November 13th. This is a remake of the cel-shaded first-person shooter from 2003, and it it looks really intriguing. So, I mean, at the end of the year to get this, I mean, it's stylized XIII for those that aren't aware, but man, getting that game on, on current gen, absolutely sign me up. And River City Girls is to be determined for a release and to be determined on which systems it'll be releasing for, but this is a WayForward and Arc System Works partner with, they're saying more information later in 2019. Uh, started kind of as a PR email, kind of spooled out from there. I'm guessing it might be like, if I had to guess by the title, you know, maybe like a River City Ransom sort of thing, but we're girls added to it. So, you know, WayForward does great work. Arc System does great work. I mean, the two of them together, I can only imagine. So keep an eye on that. If you like guessing beat-em-ups, I'm guessing that that might be what it is. Anyway, that's that's all a big game and release date announcement week. But we have to get to the main topic and talk about the first tease of the PlayStation 5. Well, it's it's not officially called the PlayStation 5 yet. It's the next generation console from PlayStation. At least that's how they were very carefully wording it, but for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's, it's going to be PS5. Like, let's be honest, for how big of a success PS4 was, let's keep it going to the next one. Interesting from Sony, after being quiet for so long, especially about whatever their next-gen plans are, that out of nowhere, they've reached out to Wired.com for an exclusive, and Wired does this write-up that you can only find on their website. I'm kind of familiar a little bit with when Microsoft talked to Eurogamer and Digital Foundry and talking about the tech specs for, for Scorpio, for Xbox One X. Kind of a similar feeling with that. But this is talking about the next-gen console and really some key details that they talked about in this article. Again, if you haven't read it, I think it's a must-read. Mark Cerny and just a, a w wizard on the technical front that he is, just kind of doing a brilliant job laying out and kind of teasing what the sort of vision is for the next-gen PlayStation, but still falling short of what you know the full reveal can end up to be. So for the key details, again, it's, it's not named officially PS5 yet, but let's just keep that in our minds. It probably will. It'll be released 2020 at the earliest. So not for release this year, next year. Maybe it'll be spring. Maybe it'll be fall. I mean, if I had to guess, probably fall. But 
you know, not this year. So that's also key to know. The CPU is an AMD Zen 2 7 nanometer processor with a GPU as a custom Radeon Navi with ray tracing. Now, go back and watch the uh, NVIDIA, the RTX line. If you want to know what kind of ray tracing is, it's a new way sort of, of visualizing whether it's light, whether it's sound, it's kind of taking certain points and using that, that vector line and like kind of going from there. It's not projecting an image necessarily. It's kind of figuring out on like a point by point basis where I, that's like the general gist of how I could describe ray tracing from my base knowledge. But it's kind of the next way of representing like light and visuals in, in certain ways, especially reflections on uh, glass mirrors, things like that. Uh, so that's a big deal that it supports all that. The disk drive is still in on PS5 or the next gen console. So don't have to worry about an all digital future like Microsoft may be hinting towards. Of course, PS4 games are still compatible and that's a huge, huge thing. Of course, I mean, to have your PS4 games, maybe bring them over, maybe they'll be updated with big patches to uh, make the most use of this all this new power. I mean, that's perfect to have this and it totally makes sense when you think of where microsoft's going and xbox one games kind of scaling up would make sense for ps4 to go to ps5 in the same sort of way also big that the current playstation vr headset will still be compatible now different things floating about about maybe they'll have a next gen playstation vr and with the years that'll go by it would totally make sense but again good that playstation 4 things carry over. And of course, the biggest news out of all this is the idea of a solid state drive. Uh, the idea that you can just load data that much faster. The whole idea of a demo of Marvel's Spider-Man on a PS4 Pro taking advantage of the fast travel in-game, how it can take 15 seconds. And then on a low power dev kit of this, this new system, 0.8 seconds? That's just crazy. So that was kind of all the big details that were locked down. Looking like a powerful box, probably an expensive box, but we'll see at that time if it's late 2020, what all those tech components can kind of work out to, even if Sony takes it at a loss. But let's talk about really what's missing. What was missing from that article? And yeah, it was the price, right? I mean, <laughs> some people say like, this is gonna be like a thousand dollars and probably not. Even if it's 599, I don't know if Sony wants to walk back towards that price after 599 US dollars. That's that may be a little bit of a soft spot. Maybe if they take it at a loss at 499. I mean, seeing what Xbox did with with Xbox One X and putting it at that price, uh, but it sounds like it's a a much bigger sort of tech proposition uh, this time around than even Xbox One X or the original launches back in 2013. So. I wouldn't be surprised to eventually see a $500 price point, but that wasn't talked about. What was also missing was backwards compatibility beyond PlayStation 4. And we've seen the, the different patents out there of, oh, if they can trick the system to thinking that it's running like a PS3 or a PS2 or original PlayStation. Didn't see any of that in this Wired article. But I think we don't need to see that yet. I think that would be, if it's in, let's you know, kind of keep it in that mind. If it's a feature that it's it's going to be in PlayStation 5, save that for the official reveal. And by the way, you can play PlayStation 5 games and PlayStation 4 games 
but every game in our battle. Can you imagine? Like that would just be wild. Again, could it happen? Could the Wizards of you know, Mark Cernian team make it happen? Possible. But I don't think that's something we needed to see now as a software you know, operating system feature set. And of course, when we're talking about going forward to the next generation, what was not mentioned in this article was the streaming service. Do they still stick with PlayStation Now? Is PlayStation Now at its current point something that can compete with whatever uh, Project xCloud is going to be, or even Google Stadia? Or are they putting money into improving that in some way? Are there strategic partnerships? Like, are they going to partner with, like, Amazon Cloud or something like that to help the service going forward? Didn't talk about that, but again, save it for the future. Regardless, this is a very shrewd PR move to kind of get in front of whatever Microsoft has planned uh, to start talking about this, to put the foot into that next generation conversation. And I think it's a big deal for those who still do not have a PS4 yet. I think it's reassuring to say, okay, now I can save up for PS5. Like start putting my money there if that's an ecosystem I really want to jump into because you can always find PS4 games for cheap you know, in the future, used, it'll carry over. That that makes total sense. That has to be exciting. I don't think it's, you know, some people argue that, oh, well, if they're talking about next gen now, why would they kill any potential future sales of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro? I mean, my gosh, they're just going to stymie all momentum that they have with sales. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, keep in mind, we're talking about a, a subset of our audience that is paying attention to game news and making decisions based on that. You're listening to a video game podcast. You're you're tuned in, but you're also, we're a kind of a small set of the public that's out there. I mean, when PlayStation 4 drops its price enough for some people out there in the public, they'll jump on that right away and that'll be more sales. But of course, Sony has to start thinking about the future. And so I don't think we need to say, oh, you're you're killing the sales momentum. No, they're they're just making that next step. Here's something interesting though. There was... A rumor that kind of made waves a little bit in December 2018, and it was talking about, you know, PlayStation 5. Guy says, I'm a third-party small developer from the EU. For the last eight months, I've been helping a well-known company in a AAA game development that is set to release in 2020 as a, he says lunch game, but he means a launch game for PS5. And, you know, no one really gave it any notice at the time. I mean, whatever, he's talking about a console that's so far away. But what's really interesting is that he nails a Q2 2019 small announcement. He nails the general specs of the CPU and GPU. He nails PS4 backwards compatibility. I mean, certainly that wasn't too hard to guess. He nails the use of physical games, the disk drive, and he nails the up to 8K resolution. So, whoa. Okay, puts it in a different light. You know, keep this in mind. This is still rumor. But again, for posterity's sake, let's let's kind of see what this rumor still shakes out to be back from December 2018. He says that the launch is undetermined for either March 2020 or November 2020. And that's a big difference. I hope Sony can figure that out soon because if it's for March, maybe they bring PlayStation Experience back in December and they start talking about like, that'll be our event where we talk about the reveal of this. Or if it's November, they can come back at E3 or whatever if they really want to. Or, again, make their own event. But that gives them more time and another fall holiday season to kind of work things out. The guy talks about PlayStation Plus Premium as another level 
on top of PlayStation Plus, which is also interesting if you tie it into, I think it was some European PlayStation account, Hungary, PlayStation Hungary, where they're talking about like, oh, PlayStation Plus, and, and that's not all. There may be more. So, okay, okay, sure. If there's PlayStation Plus Premium, he's saying that it would provide players with a premium beta early access or the ability to create private servers. Well, okay, I'm a little interested. He said that the GPU kind of has a power of around 14 teraflops. And remember, you know, Google Stadia was walking out, you know, 10 and saying, oh, it's bigger than, you know, the two combined. Or was it 12? It was, I mean, but still, like, it would be a little more there at 14. Saying 24 gigs of GDDR6 RAM with 4 gigs of DDR4 for the operating system. The guy says, we have 32 gigabyte dev kits. Okay, again, powerful. Certainly. He says a two terabyte hard drive for some kind of NAND flash. I mean, is that, you know, the, the solid state? I mean, it's a big hard drive, but that big of a solid state could get very pricey. This rumor also says that PlayStation VR 2 is also planned for 2020 and a reveal alongside the PS5. A big resolution boost, he says probably 2560 by 1440, 120 hertz. 220 degrees field of view, eye tracking, it'd be wireless, a battery life around four or five hours, headphones integrated, less motion sickness, no breaker box, much less cable management, more of a focus on VR for AAA games, and a price of around $250. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're saying the perfect sort of envisionment of a VR system right now is going to be $250? I don't know about that. I totally buy that PlayStation would be working on a better PlayStation VR unit, especially as, you know, time has passed. Uh, but that sounds a little too good to be true. The rumor ultimately says for PlayStation 5, a price of $499, $100 loss per console at the beginning. Again, that I can see. But then he even goes and talks about games, and this kind of gets the imagination swirling. He says for PS5 launch, Gran Turismo 7 which would have VR compatibility, a PUBG remaster 4K free-to-play with PS Plus only on PS5. Okay, I don't know if you want to hitch your wagon to PUBG there, but okay. Last of Us 2 remaster. Ghosts of Tsushima remaster. And he says two to three AAA games more plus PSVR 2 games. All right, this kind of seems a little strange, but let's keep in mind, I could totally see a, a Gran Turismo 7. Even for sport, they were saying we kind of overspect the cars, which makes you think could be going for an X-Gen there. I mean, Gran Turismo, that's a, that's a big seller, especially if you put a number sequel by it. He says, non-exclusive and beyond, though, and this is where it kind of gets interesting. Battlefield Bad Company 3. Harry Potter. And that kind of goes back to that, you know, Rumored Harry Potter game that we kind of saw the early trailer for, right? GTA 6, holiday 2020 most probably. Not hearing anything PS4 related. Hearing that Sony is paying huge money to secure one month time exclusive for PS5. Been hearing rumors about Miami and New York. So two big cities, but I'm not sure if that's 100% true. 2020 seems a little early, especially when they're trying to continue... Red Dead Online and kind of pump the funnel in that. I could see maybe 2021 at the earliest. But if they're planning for 2020 and then it gets pushed back, I don't know, maybe. That seems a little odd, though. Assassin's Creed is noted. And yeah, they'll have a new Assassin's Creed game for, for fall 2020. I mean, that's kind of a given. 
And then he says, Horizon 2 so far in 2021. Again, that'll be a for sure sequel, just like a Spider-Man sequel, just like a God of War sequel, but okay, yeah, maybe 2021 at the very earliest. So again, just keep that all in mind in the rumor mill because he was pretty spot on with some of the CPU and GPU stuff that the official and promoted Wired article had. But some of this, I, I don't know about that. Uh, but it really just shows the appetite for Sony rumors, right? I mean, we're really interested to hear about all this stuff for PlayStation 5. And even we're probably still a year plus away from this generation ending, so to speak. So it, it, it's starting to be that time, the battle of the boxes, more so to the point where Xbox insiders are saying that the next Xbox is even more powerful than this next PlayStation. And it's like, all right, you know, if you want to fight your console wars and go for it, I'm not going to get you know too bogged down in that. I'm sure, yeah, Microsoft has a very powerful box ready to go. But are the games coming to Microsoft? Are the first party games, are they starting to build that portfolio, that library? I think that'll be the key, of course, going forward. So I'm not about to get into a he said, she said, and you know, start dragging through the mud about, well, this box is better. No, this box is more powerful. But the, I mean, I'm excited for both. Let's be honest. I'm excited for both. I'm excited for whatever's next on Nintendo Switch. Whatever's going to happen with Stadia. Are they going to talk about that again this summer? They said they will, but can they give any more details? Next gen is coming soon. And it's a very exciting time to talk about the game industry. So that is what I have to say when we come back, we'll get to the callers. We can talk about that main topic of PlayStation 5. We can talk about headlines. It can even be the, the games that you're playing recently. Anything is really there on the table for you. That's when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say on any variety of topics. Should be should be fun. Joining us from England, Sai, welcome to the Power Switch. How are you? I am very well. How are you? Oh, doing great. Great to hear you call in. Uh, I'm sure the, the earlier time zone must help here on uh, Easter Sunday for, for listening there over in England, but really appreciate it. What would you like to talk about today? Yeah, I'm quite excited, obviously, about the, the PS5 talk. I mean... Mm -hmm. The last PlayStation console I I owned personally it was a PS2, so I've been on the Xbox side of things for a while. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking maybe of, of doing the jump with next gen. I mean, it, it could be a while off yet, but I'm really I'm interested in it. And the big selling point for me personally is the backwards compatibility, mm -hmm. um, because as someone who missed out on the PS4, and I keep. And I have still, like, I, I keep looking at it and thinking, maybe I'll pick one up now we're in the later years of it and I've, I'm going to have a backlog of stuff to get through, like Horizon and God of War and stuff like that. But right. now with the PS5 on the Horizon, perhaps I just put those thoughts to bed and, and just wait for the next generation and make them move over. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a very smart move for them to go backwards compat for, uh, for PS4. I mean, yeah, the games will be cheaper. It'll be easy to jump mm. in. Who knows if they'll do a subscription-like service like Microsoft is doing with Xbox Game Pass where they maybe eventually loop those first-party games into it. And I think that could at least be a selling point for some of the games that you missed uh, for PS3. I mean, certainly a lot of those have come over, but I was looking at my uh, 
PS3 library today and thinking with those discs, like, is that something like I can, I'll be able to put in a PS5 and it'll work or, you know, what, what are some of the games yeah. that haven't made the move over? And I look at the infamous games, I mean, infamous, the first and the second one, I'm like, how do we not have an infamous collection yet? But I would love to play that again, <laughs> just, you know, maybe in a, a higher resolution and a higher frame rate. Absolutely. It's just another example of something that I missed out on is that is that franchise. And obviously when a new console comes out and there's going to be a lot of people that say, don't buy a console at launch, wait mm-hmm. until the, the, the strength of the library is higher um, some months down the road. But launching, and it almost seems silly to say with it because backwards compatibility has been a thing in the past. But if it, you know, launching with backwards compatibility is always a good look because you have a much larger library, admittedly of older games, but it, it presents that jumping on point for me and for other people, definitely. Because um, I like when the PS3 came out and there was uh, lots of confusion about which versions were backwards compatible and that kind of stuff, yes, depending on what region yes. you were. That was um, that was a struggle with lots of people, I think. Um, and but most of my friends made the jump over to PS4 on the previous generation, and I stuck with uh, Microsoft mostly because of the first-party uh, products that I really like from them, like Halo and Gears. But now. Now maybe I'm I'm leaning the other way and, and just to see what it's like on the other side. Yeah, I mean, it could not hurt to play more great games. And you're right, that is a benefit of backwards compatibility, especially if you skipped a generation because, yeah, mm. there is so much to play. But I think you're right. When we start hearing these kind of details um, and if you care about game news and the game industry and you can kind of plan ahead, I think it's the, probably the right move to start saving up for PS5 and kind of get yourself in that ecosystem there. Uh, there's there's a lot of great things to play, but, you know, we keep getting more fantastic games, uh, as, you know, throughout the year. Uh, is there anything this year that you kind of have your eye on as far as games that are upcoming? Oh, there's so many things. I mean, <laughs> you would, uh, like, we have to talk about Smash Brothers because it's you and I, and we always of course. talk about Smash Brothers. Of course. With, with Joker coming out now, I'm fully swept up in the Persona hype train. I've never played a single game in the series, but I can't wait for this month to be over so we can have it in writing that it's Persona 5 coming to Switch because I will mm. pre-order that immediately. Yes, yes. And, I mean, the Switch is becoming my, my console of choice in a way, especially looking ahead. It's going to become more and more used with the amount of stuff that's being ported over and the amount of new stuff that's on the horizon like the new platinum games thing and there's so many things that are just like oh okay i'm interested in that which i haven't felt for a long time and Mm -hmm. i don't really want to you know poo poo being an xbox one owner but i haven't really felt that with the xbox one and i'm guessing a lot of other people haven't too because they've really suffered in this generation and yeah with nintendo coming out swinging in these last couple years I got a heck of a lineup of games coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the thought of Super Mario Maker 2 on a portable <laughs> Switch in June. I Sign me up. That's so exciting. And you're <laughs> right. I, Smash Brothers is the gift that keeps on giving. I, I mean, we just know one of the five fighters and you could totally see, I think, you know, an E3 announcement. Just like, here's the character and it's out like tomorrow, this week. Yeah. I mean, that could totally that's happen. Cool. And that's. So thrilling. It's so smart that they can just kind of place these kind of news drops throughout the year. Astral Chain, you're right. The Platinum game, super exciting. Uh, looking forward mm. to that. But yeah, and even Microsoft. I mean, they'll, they'll have good games. I mean, Gears of War 5 will be later this sure. year, and I'm sure it'll be a great time. Um, even, you know, the, the third-party games. I mean, if you are an Xbox owner, 
be a great way to play Control, be a great way to play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, these are games that like I know I'm excited for, um, but you know, if they're on PS4 and Xbox One, you know, take your choice. But Switch is really hitting it out of the park. And I'm so glad you mentioned Persona 5 because like that's just it's speaking to my heart, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm someone that like I, I know I'm in for the royal. I'm uh, for any new content, but I'm I'm sitting there looking at dude if they do vanilla P5 on Switch for new players, absolutely. Like I I think that's that is a good must if you've ever been curious, especially with Joker. But as someone who's already played that, I'm still like, you know, I'd love to play it again. I'd love it to be portable. I'm gonna double dip. <laughs> I just see myself yeah. doing that. Yeah. I have a friend who will do absolutely the same and getting to talk about Persona and Smash and all that with him is, yeah, like I say, it's really swept me up. I'm on the hype train. Even though I have no prior Persona knowledge, I just, I'm, I'm ready for it. And if the, the level of quality in the Smash Brothers DLC keeps up like this and say Dragon Quest is next, that's mm-hmm. another series I have zero experience with. Um, but with a game coming out on Switch sometime Hopefully at the end of the year, it's looking like, yeah, I'll, we'll probably go for that as well. If, if the level of quality is uh, in Smash of this Dragon Quest uh, character, if that's what it is, is high enough. I'm sure I'll get excited enough to check out the game or check out a game in the franchise, at least. For sure. And, you know, Dragon Quest is such a huge thing in Japan that it's almost like, why hasn't it already? But yeah, for the love that Sakurai puts into it, and we, I mean, seeing all the touches for Persona, like, you know, he's a fan of the series, but it's seeing all those small things. And I would love to see that for Dragon Quest again. Yeah, you're right. A, a series I have very little knowledge of, but there are fans out there and I'm sure they would be thrilled with that kind of announcement. And then, yeah, I mean, for Microsoft, does that stick? You know, do they have a Smash Brothers character in the works? Is it Banjo? Is it, you know, do they go Minecraft for the big audience? Is Master Chief somehow on the horizon? Like it's, <laughs> it's all part of the fun and uh, it's going to be, really great and i mean i'm thinking with with persona I, I failed to mention during the show but there was that talk of you know jane and ponytail and that's why it has to be after atlas but then there's that second student skin that was just like why is it this kind of cream colored student suit that's like not really a reference to anything i wonder if like that was a plan for like female joker female protagonist whatever may be coming but they're like uh, we can't wait. Just patch something else in because that yeah, that text was there, but it isn't anymore. It's going to be interesting to see that kind of dance played with Atlas's upcoming announcements. And it, is it something that Nintendo patches in later? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, Smash is so fascinating. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I have a theory on that. I and this is just out of nowhere occurred to me. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, after this uh, Persona Day announcement, there'll be free update coming to those that bought the joker dlc and maybe we'll get an echo fighter it's quite bold but (laughs) oh maybe oh echo fighter would certainly be fascinating absolutely anything can happen well this has been great thanks so much for calling inside anything you'd like to plug i know you have uh you have resident evil podcast that you guys do i do actually we're recording an episode in um four hours or so from now (laughs) um so yeah, if there's Resident Evil fans out there listening, feel free to check out my podcast. It's called First Aid Spray. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts and you can find us on Twitter at FA Spray Pod. I've been doing it since November and uh, yeah, it's it's been a really good time. And we kind of, um, like I've been a long time listener of your projects in general, including mm. 
the power switch. So it's nice to finally be able to jump on. But uh, a little bit of inspiration from this podcast came to ours because we do all of ours on Discord as well so that people can listen in. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much. Really do appreciate that. I know when I was playing Resi 2 for the first time and I picked up that first aid spray, I'm like, ah, that's that's very good. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for calling in. Great to talk to you and we'll hear from you again soon. Have a good day. See ya. Well, that was great to hear from Cy. Thanks so much. Really do appreciate that. If you'd like to be like him and add your voice to the conversation, we're over on Discord every Sunday. RhymesWithAsia.com slash call is when we have the live recordings and call-ins, but of course, the community is going uh, for all the other days of the week, certainly. Well, let's talk about the games that are out this week. Jupiter and Mars comes to PlayStation 4 on Monday, April 22nd. That's a PlayStation VR game. Looks pretty interesting there. Mortal Kombat 11, Tuesday, April 23rd on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Not a big MK guy myself, but this installment's looking pretty interesting, especially... On Switch, day one. That, that's a big seller. It has people determining, like, which system do I get it for? But good to see MK back with such a strong, hopefully, installment with 11. Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, comes to Nintendo Switch on Tuesday, April 23rd. Uh, this is kind of like the game of the year edition of Dragon's Dogma, which, man, people want a sequel so badly from Hideaki Itsuno, who just came off of Devil May Cry 5. So maybe that's what he'll do next. But Dragon's Dogma, everyone has very good things to say about it, now on Switch. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, The Fate of Atlantis DLC, Episode 1, comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on Tuesday, April 23rd. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, I've been, you know, getting back into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, making sure I'm finishing up all these quests in the world, getting myself ready. I'm really excited, especially this, this trailer that went out. Sign me up for Atlantis DLC, absolutely. Steam World Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh comes to Nintendo Switch on Thursday, April 25th. That was one of those big Nindy announcements. You know, good to see the Steam World guys coming out with a new kind of game, and I'm sure it's going to be great, absolutely. Yuppie Psycho comes to PC on Thursday, April 25th. I hear that's that's from Michael Kelly doing the composing. We were talking about on Original Sound Chat, my other uh, video game soundtrack podcast we do, and he does the music for uh, for Valhalla. And I hear this next game that he's working on, Yuppie Psycho, and like, oh, it's coming out very soon. So very curious about that one. Picross S3 comes to Nintendo Switch on Thursday, April 25th. More Picross. Can't go wrong with that one. Days Gone comes to PS4 on Friday, April 26th. This is my big one for the week. I'm really curious. I mean, sign me up for an open world zombie game that does pretty much everything in AAA games. I mean... Really curious to see what Bend is doing. Sony Bend. They've had a long time to work on this game. And yeah, this is my recommendation for the week. Absolutely. And finally, Box Boy and Box Girl comes to Nintendo Switch on Friday, April 26th. I mean, getting all those you know, Box Boy games kind of in that package. That's going to be a really, really good time for those on Switch. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I'm at Pete Speakeasy. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord. 
by visiting rhymesatheasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you'd like a YouTube video to watch, uh, famous Smash Brothers player Zero put up his reaction to the Joker gameplay trailer when that 15-minute video dropped out of nowhere, and a lot of his reactions felt very similar to my own seeing certain things. I want to say probably the biggest thing that brought like the biggest smile to my face as a huge fan of Persona 4 Golden is seeing, you know, the the ending screen change. I mean, yeah, the ending screen brilliant for Persona 5, right? But the music and the color change to Persona 4 stuff, I mean, that that just made me beam. He didn't have as big of a pop-off or something like that as I did watching it the first time. But still, a lot of these really cool, you know, moments of interest. I highly recommend watching that. So, yeah, hope you have a great Easter Sunday. It's going to be a big week in pop culture. I mean, hope you stay away from uh, Avengers stuff. I mean, if anything, yeah, maybe stay away from a Smash Brothers stage builder right now, custom stages, maybe putting spoilers there and people being jerks, whatever. But hope you can stay clear of all that. I know I'm going to be watching uh, Friday night, Friday night, 9 p.m. I mean, the Thursday night would just would kill me going into work Friday. And that's the earliest thing I can do after that. We're going to do IMAX 2D. You know, usually I like to do like the cheap matinees, whatever, you know, the five bucks Sunday morning kind of thing, not the best screen. This one's got to, you know, pay a premium for. And of course, the Persona concert, my goodness, I'm going to be waiting, you know, for every morsel to come from that. But I hope you have a great week. Of course, please stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spezia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.